Hello, and welcome to That's How It Is. I am Mr. Puffalos. I'm Kip Doke. And I'm Tomes, and today's topic is going to be food and mealtimes. To most people, when we look at food, we think, hmm, that looks good, I should eat that. Food <laughs> is pretty yummy, you can't really debate that. Indeed. But when you think about it, food is much more important to society than we think. It helps define who we are. Think about it, like, what's your favorite food, for example? I love hamburgers. Indeed. So, things like that help define who we are. So let's not. Well, not only that, but people's eating habits lead to how they look. For example, an obese person does not resemble a skinny person, and people are judged based upon based upon how they look. Right. Um, society as a whole, we kind of judge people based on how they look, and also a lot of that ties back to how we eat. So people. Are generally go on diets, or they don't. <laughs> it also leads to well, stuff such as eating disorders. Uh, eating disorders then affect people's personalities. Right, so... And lifestyles. Right. And probably how long they're going to probably be living. Right, so obviously food plays a huge role in, t- in today's society. And so when you think about it, it really um, defines who we are in numerous ways. Like I said before, favorite foods and such things. We all think of different foods, but also internationally. So, Kiptook, you to- um, I believe you told me a story about um, when you went to China the last time. Yep. So what do you generally eat when you go to China? Rice and noodles. Exactly, so... Rice. <laughs> rice. Rice, indeed. So, as we... So, obviously, food helps define internationally who we are and how... where we fit into society as well. It really defines cultures. For example... When you think of China, you think of rice. Um, yeah. Partially because, I don't know, that's sort of like the only crop they grow there. Right. Except soybeans. Yeah, rice and soybeans. And so, when you look around, uh, even here in America, you see lots of um, um, restaurants that stereotypically serve Chinese food or Mexican food, or etc. And some of those are obviously more authentic than others. But regardless of the authenticity, you can usually tell immediately... Oh, that's Chinese, that's Mexican. And what's actually rather unfortunate is usually we often mistake um, other Asian cultures for China mostly because of, well, first of all, China's, you know, large population. And they're kind of become the figurehead of um, most of Far Eastern Asia. Has anyone ever seen a Japanese restaurant? Um, well, I've been to a Thai restaurant. I've been to Thai and, I've been um, to a Vietnamese restaurant. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I remember that. Never mind. <laughs> I've actually heard people debating whether I was actually Chinese or Japanese. Hmm. I'm Chinese, everyone. Just mm-hmm. wanted to let you know that. So right. Kiptook is Chinese. We've got that down. Right. I was actually born in, um, the great state of Georgia. Right. Down south, yay. <laughs> yeah, and so, um... Just to, clear, just to clarify something, this is the first episode, I should probably get this out of the way. I'm the person on the left, Kip Toke's the one in the middle, and uh, Mr. Puffalo is, is on the right. I drew that fantastic yes. picture. Yep, I have Toke. no artistic ability. Yep, Kip Toke is our artist. Yay. <laughs> anyway, back... Yeah. Am I the only one who wishes sporks were used more often? Yeah, sporks... Sporks. Sporks. I mean, so it's useful. genius. A spoon and a fork. And it, it's very useful. I mean, and the that, next development is making the handle a knife. Yeah. Well, actually, um, when I uh, when I went camping, I got this um spork, and so one side's a spoon, 
and then the other end is a fork, but then the edge, one of the edges of the tongs is a knife. That just blew my mind. Yeah. What? We, we've, as a society, come up with a lot of interesting ways to eat food, too. I mean, think about it. Um, again, going back to the culture thing, China, chopsticks. Not as, um, well, most of Asia, we generally associate with chopsticks, etc. And then, when you think of Italian food, you think of pizza. Right, and pasta, even though, um, pizza, even though we say it's, even though we say it's Italian, it did originate, but most of what we think of as pizza is more of an American twist on Ital- original, authentic Italian pizza. Uh, actually, I've heard this really interesting story. Mm-hmm. In around the world, pizza is actually supposed to be eaten by one person. It's actually pretty small. Right. So, actually, there was this really interesting story on Reddit. So, when an Italian family went to America, they actually ordered four pizzas for every one person. And the cashier looked at them, like, crazy. Like, you're, you're, you're crazy people. And, like, mm-hmm. we have four people. We're, we're fine. Only then did they realize how big American pizzas were after they had bought them. Right. Wait. So you mean that bacon pizzas do not originate in Italy? Shocking bacon as pizza? it is. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> oh, come on. And I'm sure that bacon really um, was a main addition in Italy. I'm going to look that up, actually. Let me see. <laughs> Did you know tomatoes didn't originate from Italy? They actually were discovered from South America. That's right. Tomato dressing on pasta is not Italian. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this. It says, um, looks like bacon actually originated around, um, the first millennium AD, and it was mostly, um, from England. So, yeah. Yay. Thanks, thanks, Anglo-Saxons, for giving us bacon. England. I love my bacon. Pronounce it by the correct way, Holmes. It's... The United Kingdom of Great Britain, Britain and, and Northern, Northern Ireland. Ireland. In, in, well, at the time it wasn't, I assume. This is the first millennium AD, so I'd say it's probably just... Uh, um, I don't even know. The Celts? Yeah, well, it's actually... It's not the Celts, it's the Saxons. It's the Anglo-Saxons, it says. Whatever happened to the Jutes? <laughs> they were there. Oh, this is interesting. It was spelled B-A-C-O-U-N. Bakun? Bakun. Bakun. Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, he doesn't love old English spellings. Yep. Anyway, so obviously in America, we generally take our food as a mishmash of everyone else's. So we have bacon pizzas. Hey, look, let's take some, let's take some bacon and put it on, on this Italian pizza and also add some tomato sauce. Yeah. Hooray. Well, of course, because uh, America is a nation of immigrants. Exactly. Even though people say, I don't want immigration in the United States. Well, how do you think you got here? Right. And then, uh, of course, there's the, uh, the metaphor of the great American melting pot. And sometimes, if you take it literally, it's fairly accurate. We took pizza from Italy, for example, bacon and tomato sauce, and boom, we made a pizza out of this great American melting pot. So that's really a great metaphor. Sometimes... Foods from other cultures uh, were intertwined with the pizza, like pineapple. Right, like the classic, quote, Hawaiian pizza, pineapple and ham. Hamburger pizza has some mm-hmm. American influence. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, obviously, America's been around for centuries. And so we started to develop our own kind of 
genre, I'd say, of food. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting way to think of it. I don't Hamburger, know. hot Hamburger. dogs. Right. French French stereotypical fried. American food. Yeah, anything fried. Freedom food. Anything fried, America greasy. Food. Exactly. So. But I really think food also helps other cultures learn about each other. For right. example, you start to understand for maybe uh, Chinese culture more when you visit their restaurants and eat their food? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, of course, and there's always the great legend of the fortune cookie that is obviously not Chinese. That's one of the that's one of the few things that people actually do acknowledge as not being authentic, along with the numerous other things that are actually aren't. Actually, here's a really funny thing. Um, for anyone knowing, uh, the fortune cookie came from California. Right. So, in fact, the only place where the Chinese cookie is not considered Chinese is China. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Right. And then, of course, we have the the odd notion, like, people who are starting to, who are thinking that they're more, oh, aware of foods, they say, oh, well, um, and there's the whole deal with French fries. Are they French? Are they not French? Who knows? They're making people deal with it. Now, actually, on the topic of French fries, I wish we would have, like, the... Putin, like... Poutine? Poutine from Canada. I right. Mean, literally, that is, like, heaven food. That is, like, it, the best... It's literally French fries with gravy on it and cheese curds. Right. Actually, I just looked it up, and French fries originated in Belgium. Be quiet, Mr. Pufflos. Anyway, so, as we covered, obviously, food and culture are closely intertwined, but then there's also, if you consider it, not only is the food determining of who we are, it's also the meal times as a whole, what we do, how we do them, how many times we eat, yeah, um, when exactly. So obviously here we generally consider breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then maybe a snack or dessert, depending on, you know, your family's per- personal decisions. But of course there's many other forms of, of eating and mealtimes around the world as well. Well, not only that, but religion is sometimes tied into eating. Some True. families say grace before they eat, so... Right, right, right. And do then you guys if, do that? Uh, I, we personally... We Occasionally do, on yeah, holidays. We do um, just kind of... If we're all together, like sometimes um, during busy schedules... So it's, like, so it's like, here, Tomes, eat this food, and we're just going to drive somewhere else really quickly right now. And, yeah, so, I agree, religion does play a huge role in, um, mealtimes. And then also, uh, sometimes certain foods are tied to certain parts of the year. Right, so, um, obviously we think hot chocolate, we say, okay, that's winter, we think lemonade, oh, that's the summer. Hot dogs, 4th of July. Right, um, uh, turkey, Thanksgiving. And so, that's the food itself relating to times of the year, and obviously that's, that plays a large role, so... I've said that you can determine a lot about a person just from what they're eating. So you say, okay, Bob is eating a turkey and some cranberry sauce and mashed potatoes. You can say, okay, well, well, let's see. I'd say it's probably late November, and since it's and since he's celebrating Thanksgiving, chances are he's in America or he's American. With food, with food and meal times. Additionally, we talked about around we talked about around the world different foods signifying culture, but and also. I know that um, different families even just completely randomly almost observe food and mealtimes differently. So some families 
are much more like rigid with okay you're gonna have breakfast lunch and dinner and that's it some families will say oh well like i know some families have very strict rules about dessert being like i guess almost like <laughs> i hate to say it but sacred kind of yeah <laughs> some families have such busy oh, schedules man. that they really don't observe regular meal times as a family right especially um Especially um, with both parents working different times, that gets very confusing. Yeah, and hard to kind of pull together. Then with extracurricular activities for kids. Right, exactly. So it all kind of blends together until you get what you get, and it just kind of works out. Hopefully, it makes people. Uh, it should make people appreciate meal time as a family together. Right, right, right. Since. Like, like more, I'd say more on weekends, depending, but more on weekends, people have more time to get together as a family, and so, I know... Defin- definitely on holidays, people are able to see not only uh, immediate family, but cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents. Precisely. Yeah. So, obviously, food helps bring us together. So... Obviously, food defines who we are in numerous ways through culture, through where we are on the globe, through kind of like religion determines a lot of it. So all of these things pull together into a kind of sense of who we are. Obviously, one of the first things that um, we used to define humans as being able to use, um, technically in the scientific sense, we use tools, but um, more in the more in the philosophical sense, we come together and we act as a society as a whole. And a huge part of that is obviously food and meal times and eating as a and yeah. So once when the first proto human um, first figured out how to plant wheat in the ground and grow it, um, little did he know he was starting a huge revolution of um, being able to eat food together as opposed to going and killing a wildebeest and eating it or Man. a woolly mammoth. Mm-hmm. Man had discovered. Farming. Indeed. Agriculture. What a wonderful thing. It would go on to change the world. One Big Mac at a time. (laughs) (laughs) When that proto-human planted some wheat and kept some cows in a pen, little did he know he was creating the first steps towards making a Big Mac. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of McDonald's, uh... Did anybody hear about how McDonald's is experimenting with having a custom menu, whereas they used to be really just not many menu options and no customization options? Hmm. Yeah, I did not... It really shows that customization and an ability to pick what you want is becoming more and more of a priority for restaurant goers these days. Right, of course, because especially... um, we like, uh, for example, let's say Thomas is this person. He likes his McRib with extra barbecue sauce. So Thomas, this person who loves his McRib, is going to is going to be a per, is going to be completely different from Susan. Perhaps Thomas likes his McRib with extra barbecue sauce, and Susan um, wants lettuce. I don't know much about McRibs, honestly. <laughs> uh, Susan wants extra pickles. Sure, Susan wants extra pickles, and so. And so now they can't just say, oh, well, I don't, obviously I'm not very up to date on McDonald's. I'll have a number seven. I, I have no idea. So Thomas will have, uh, say, we'll go up and say, I'll have a number seven with barbecue sauce. Susan will have a seven with pickles. And they've sort of become separate people 
obviously, let's say you're working at McDonald's, and, um, uh, um, and, yeah, and you're receiving an order. Oh, you want a number seven, and you want a number seven. Thomas gets mm-hmm. extra barbecue sauce, Susan gets extra pickles, and voila, people. Two different people, two different sandwiches, and everyone has their sense of identity. Isn't that wonderful? Identity. Ah, uh, what a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, identity is a wonderful thing indeed. Yep. It keeps our it keeps our Mr. Puffaloses from our Kip Tokes. It keeps from anyone. It keeps anyone who's not our friends from figuring out who we are. Exactly, but that's probably a topic for another day. Pseudonyms and identity. All right, thank you for listening. We've been we've had a lot of fun making making this podcast for you. Um, please subscribe. Um, subscribe to Kip Tokes YouTube channel. Uh, Kip Toke, why don't you tell them what that is? My YouTube channel is Kip Toke. Shocking, yeah. isn't it? Yes. So subscribe to Kiptoke's YouTube channel. Hopefully we'll get the podcast up there soon. And if you're listening to this, that means we've successfully gotten it out there. So thank you for listening and please stay tuned for more exciting podcasts in the future. Make sure to use peer pressure to get your friends to listen to this. Right. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell that um weird guy who gets McRibs with extra lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> Don't insult Frank like that. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. So long. I'm Kip Toke. I'm Mr. Pufflos. Goodbye.